Good morning. There is no better place in the world to be this morning than right here together. These young men are handing out some of the missions information that our brother Jerry just so wonderfully prayed for. So you can take one as a family, or if you need a couple, that's all right. If we need to make a few more copies, we can. Uh, we will need that in just a few moments as we get into our lesson. But we are grateful that you are here, especially to any of our visitors uh, that are in our midst. We're thankful you've come our way this morning. Whether you are just passing through or whether you may be looking for a church home, we are thankful uh, that you are visiting with us today. My father-in-law has a way of saying, especially at Bible camp, usually in the summer, that there will never be a group of people that care more about you than as we are assembled here right now. And I think that is true for our young people as we try to encourage them, but I think it's true for the Lord's church too. As we assemble here together, it is encouraging, and we're thankful you're here. Uh, if you were not able to be with us in our Bible class hour, especially to our adults, you certainly missed out on a wonderful presentation by our brother Jeff Archie, and we're thankful that Jeff and Renita could be with us this morning. Uh, they're listed on this information here. Uh, he will be around for just a little bit. He's a busy man, especially today with two more speaking engagements this afternoon and evening. So uh, he will be uh, headed on, but he would love to answer questions or anything that you've got. And even as he mentioned his presentation, uh, as they're looking for folks to continue to support, $20 in 2020, uh, if you would like to donate a dollar to help with that good work. We do here as a congregation, as we'll talk about in a moment, uh, but the, they are doing a good effort there and beginning that, and we're thankful for them being with us this morning. If you've got your outline in front of you, uh, your bulletin, and you follow along with outline in the, uh, in the lesson, I would make a special plug for tonight's lesson. Um, I'm going, we're going to be looking at a misunderstood passage of the Bible, and that is Genesis chapter 1 and the first few verses there. And as we're going to talk tonight, you may think that's not exactly a misunderstood passage, but you might be surprised with some of the scientific theories that are out there and things that people try to do. So if you can be back with us again this evening at 6 o'clock, we will look forward to studying together again. Again, that is a missions handout if you need one as these guys are finishing up. But we are thankful that you are here this morning. Yesterday was one of the special days of the year for the Saudi Church of Christ. That is every year. Uh, we're thankful to our wonderful women, of course, this congregation, their many talents as they uh, do so many good things around here. But we, as men, are usually especially thankful for the good cooking uh, that takes place. And so as we had our men's yearly men's breakfast and business meeting, uh, we're thankful for their efforts. We're thankful to our good elders for their guidance. Uh, as we met yesterday morning, I'll go ahead and insert here that Bill reminded us that none of them are getting any younger. Uh, so we are always talking about maybe the possibility of having new elders or adding new elders to the congregation here. Uh, and as we added Charles last year, we we're thankful for that. Uh, we're hoping to have a couple of lessons during the year sprinkled through uh, directly talking about leadership and eldership, but we're thankful for the, their guidance. And as Bill has done in the past, and I wanted to continue beginning last year, we'll take just a few moments this morning and look at some of the facts and figures from our meeting yesterday. Yesterday we talked about something, there you go Jeff, did it to me too, jumped all the way forward. Yesterday we talked about uh, our attendance. If you've got your outline there in front of you, I was going to have you write down that our attendance for last year was 127 on average on Sunday morning. I know Bill tracked this for years kind of and would present at the meeting and I, as a little bit of a stats guru, like to do that too. Um, and as we usually try to say, this number is not everything. Uh, however, if each person, if each one person is one soul, that needs to hear and obey the gospel, then each one does matter. Not that we have the largest attendance in the city or in the county, but that we are reaching, reaching lost souls and strengthening 
Christians. We say it very often, but we want you here more than just because God expects you to show up and check a box or even as Jeff talked about to fill a seat, fill a pew space there. It's not about that. We want you here to worship. We want you here to learn. We want you here so that you can encourage me and others and we can encourage you. Uh, We're thankful that over the last few years, the attendance has grown some. Uh, It helps us to kind of see how we're doing, uh, to kind of see if we're growing. Uh, But again, it's not about that we have to reach 300 or 500 or any particular number. But we want to be sure that you're here when you can be here. Uh, We have a lot of folks who are sick, a lot of folks who aren't able to be back on Sunday night with uh, their age and maybe getting out. We have folks that are traveling quite often on vacation. We understand all of that. There's no magic number to this, but it does help us to understand how we're doing. And we are thankful that last year we did see, continue to see, an increase of at least nine folks on average on our Sunday morning, uh, during our Sunday morning worship time. Uh, We try to be active on social media, particularly Facebook. Again, appreciate Jeff's great lesson during the Bible class hour about the importance of social media uh, and how it is used. We appreciate your support in helping us share the information that we post on our page. And we try to do so at least about weekly, every couple of weeks. Uh, For one figure to share in particular for this thought, uh, the short video that I made on the Friday before our thankful community day that we had on that Saturday here uh, towards the end of November It had a reach of 3,365. Now that is an estimated metric that Facebook uses to see how many people see or look at or it flashes up on their phone or computer screen a particular post. And so that was one of the largest. I mean, sometimes if we just post a little piece of information, it may have a few hundred or, or get up to several hundred. But this one in particular, as you all shared it, And as we were trying to reach out in our community and let them know about the things that were going to be going on here that Saturday with the outreach, with the close, uh, we were thankful to see that we can reach folks around this area, that this is a a tool that we can use, and it is, of course, free for the most part, basically. It is easy to do. And so we're excited that we can continue to share the good news and the good work that is going on here at Saudi through the ease of using social media. And we hope that you'll continue to support that and consider that because it is something that usually with just a few punches of your thumb or swipes and you can let all of your friends know about the things that are going on here. Yesterday during our men's meeting, it was uh, mentioned several times that that, uh, several folks liked the videos that we posted from time to time on Friday about the sermon on Sunday. So we'll try to get a few more of those out there. I just dread seeing my face when it pops up there, you know, But, but we'll try to do a few more of those so that we can continue to let people know what's going on. Somewhat connected with our social media is our uh, weekly uh, sermons that are put out on podcast. Uh, You can insert the jokes here about being a glutton for punishment and enough people have to listen to me already. I get it. Uh, But in case you didn't know, here are the various platforms and apps that you can use to find our podcast. This is also known as the anti-Bill Greer slide, since he's looking very confused at what all those things are. Uh, And some of you may be as well. We talk about it. Uh, we, we give him a hard time, and, and uh, we appreciate um, the, the joking that we can do about this. But that is Spotify, Pandora, to tune in app, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, about any way that you want to find it, you can find our sermons are out there. And, of course, rather than you have to listen again, you can gladly share that with folks. Uh, the interesting thing that Brian, one of the things Brian mentioned was as he keeps up with that and checks those things, um, 
that the most listened to sermon from last year was the book of the month that we began with Genesis. When we looked at Genesis in January, beginning that particular study of a book each month. And so uh, I don't know if that points to any particular thing, but it is interesting sometimes to know what folks are listening to. So last year we had around 6,700 or so uh, listens. Those include downloads where people can go to our webpage or these different sites and download it to their phone or computer, or maybe they stream it through the internet or their phone service. Um, but we're thankful that that's an opportunity. Again, it's, it's fairly easy. These guys will do it from the audio booth before we even leave, uh, and you can listen to it sometimes that afternoon even. So we're thankful that it is easy and that we can continue to spread the good news uh, about Jesus through that format. We talk about, a lot about our care teams here. Uh, when we talk about our care teams, we usually talk about cards, uh, calls, and then visits. i got to get that right. Cards, calls, and then visits. Now, the one thing about these numbers, of course, as we usually say, is that they are floating numbers, we call them a little bit. They're only as good as the cards that you turn back in. Uh, every person that's a member here should be a part of a care team. If you are not, then you can see Brian Sorello. If someone places membership, they should make sure and get in touch with Brian, and we'll get them added to a team. Uh, this is more than just cleaning up after lunch or after something. It's more than just meeting in here on Sunday night uh, and talking once a month about cards that you can do or, or calls that you can make. We talked yesterday about how hopefully we can continue to use these care teams to check up on each other. If you know who's on your care team and you don't see somebody for a, a couple of Sundays in a row, then call them and check on them. Let one of the elders know, hey, do you know anything that's going on? It's a way for us to continue to work together. Now, we talk about these numbers. They're probably larger than that. We want you to turn the cards back in. Again, not that you get credit or that we just want to see, you know, a specific number. But that is the cards that you fill out and turn back in. But we certainly know that when it's not your week, your care team's week to make uh, the cards or calls or visits, that many of you are still doing that. And we're thankful for that. We want you to be a part of this program. It's a great way to get to know the congregation and to... Uh, reach out to those in the congregation, especially some of those who aren't able to be with us very often because they're not here because they're sick. Uh, now let's talk for just a moment. If you've got your mission efforts there in front of you, we appreciate Jerry again so wonderfully there praying for a lot of these efforts. We're not going to talk about each one in particular. I noted a few themes through here. Uh, the good news today there at the top, go down a little bit, the Gospel Broadcasting Network, uh, down a little further, the International Gospel Hour, and even down a little further to Search TV and Search of the Lord's Way. We're thankful for all of these that are television-type, radio-type, media-type programs. Uh, you can find them. I'll point you again to the front of your bulletin. I know many of us sometimes flip right over to the middle and don't pay attention, but the front of your bulletin each week has uh, several of the TV stations and places that you can find these different things. And as Jeff again mentioned to our class, most of them you can find on the Internet. If you want to watch and keep up, you can go find them on your own and watch them at your leisure and many of them have apps as well that you can even do that on your phone we're thankful uh, for these good programs and the work that they do uh, we have Greater Chattanooga Christian Counseling Services. We were thankful to have Jason Brazier come and be with us a few months ago. Uh, we try to have a few cards on the table, but what a great work that's being done there. And if you need any help at all, you can go call those folks and see them. 
And they're able to provide good counseling uh, with a, a Christian basis, a Bible basis to help us with the many different things that we face in this life. Uh, there are several schools of preaching. Uh, Central American Missions does some work with some preachers and, and training preachers down in Nicaragua and Panama. Uh, there is the Northwest Florida School of Preaching down towards the bottom, the Southeast Institute, and the Zambia School of Preaching. Um, with all of these, if there's any questions that you have, if something sort of uh, sounds funny to you or you're not sure about, see one of our elders. Of course, we don't have time to go through all of this this morning, but they will gladly field any questions that you have. But we're thankful for the young men and even sometimes older men that we can support as they uh, consider and train to go out and preach the gospel. Uh, a couple of other things there just to mention. One is Sail Creek is listed on there, and you see the name Plemons. Many of you know Steve Plemons. Uh, beginning in January, Steve went back to the East Ridge congregation to fill the role that was being vacated by Doug McVeigh. Uh, Doug is going to be stepping away from that, and Steve is going to go back to East Ridge and begin working there. Sail Creek is looking for a minister. Uh, not, we don't want anybody to leave here. Our ministers are all busy going other places and filling in. So uh, we want to support them, of course, as much as we can. And they have folks that will be filling in. But we will discontinue that support as Steve will be headed back uh, for right now to Eastridge. The other thing is the house to house, heart to heart. Uh, that is the largest, one of the largest items in our budget every year. But it has been prayed and talked about. We have new issues in the lobby. It is a great great uh, thing. One of the things that we'll be adding to our cost, just the overall cost as we support them, uh, is the new movers program. They, through different ways, uh, will receive all the names and addresses of folks that move into the Saudi Daisy yet. Saudi Daisy area, and then they will send them a packet with our name and information on it for us, but then they will also be able to provide us with that so that we can follow up with folks as they move into the area. It's a wonderful thing. I mentioned to our men yesterday, I don't know how many of you have read in the news, but there are going to be a couple at least uh, housing developments and new areas right around here, or at least one right down the road from us, and we will have a great opportunity. Uh, maybe not even in 2020, but as we get into 2021, as these folks move in to reach out to new folks in the area. And we're thankful to House to House for the work that they do. I'll mention very quickly there as well the program that will be going on at Dunlap this coming weekend, Friday night, Saturday. Uh, if you have never heard Rob Whitaker, he'll put a fire in your bones, won't he, Jeff? He is passionate about what he does. And if you could go by even just Friday night or even just Saturday, uh, he will motivate you as you consider what they do at House to House and what we can do here. There's so much that we can do to reach out to those who are lost. And so if you get a chance to attend there, uh, then we hope that you can do that. Uh, and so if you have any questions, again, keep this with you. Uh, stick it in your Bible. Take it home with you. Look at it and ask our elders because they want your questions and they want to be able to explain the many good things that we're doing here. So this morning we've considered some facts about Saudi. If you've got your Bibles, you can be turning to Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. What I'd like for us to do this morning in our time that is remaining, we've considered some facts, if you will, about the Saudi Daisy or the Saudi Church of Christ and the Saudi Daisy area here. As we consider this morning making some biblical application, let's look at some facts, if you will, from some other churches or congregations mentioned in the New Testament. All of these will come from Revelation 2 and 3 this morning. And here we find what you know and we commonly call the seven churches of Asia. For the sake of time this morning, we'll not be able to look at all seven, but we will look at a few of them. But is there something or some things that we can learn? Can we make application if we consider the facts about some of these con uh, congregations that are listed here? And let's take a look together. 
The first one on your list is the congregation at Smyrna, the church at Smyrna. Smyrna was about 40 miles uh, north of Ephesus. You know the name Ephesus. It was the second city, the second greatest city, only behind Ephesus during this day and time. It was a seacoast city. It may be a little hard to tell on the map there, but that was part of what was going on in Smyrna. And as we talk about what's happening in our world, as we talk about culture, as we talk about Saudi Daisy, it helps us to understand that. And so we think a little bit about what these congregations may have been going through. One of the most harrowing but true uh, phrases that you find in these two chapters in Revelation for this particular congregation, it comes there in verse number 9 of Revelation chapter 2. Jesus says, I know. Harrowing, scary, if you will, but true. I know thy works, Jesus says. He says he knows their work and their tribulation and their poverty. Some people called the church at Smyrna the poor church that was rich. Some people call the church at Smyrna the persecuted church, depending on maybe a heading in your Bible as you do some study. To them, Jesus gives a phrase that we use almost every single service here to discuss the need for faithfulness. And that is the end of Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Smyrna is interesting in this particular list because it is one of only two of the seven who receive only commendation or praise only. The others might get a little bit of good, but they're going to get a lot of bad too. But Smyrna is one of two that receives praise only. Jesus is saying you are earthly poor, but you are rich toward God. And he even says there through verses 8 through 11, you will be tried, but stay faithful. The facts of the congregation here at Smyrna was they were probably a little poor. There was poverty. Jesus says it there. I know your poverty. But he goes on to say you are rich. We are rich as Christians. The facts of the case of Smyrna was they were and we can be as well. Secondly, this morning we're going to talk about Philadelphia. 30 miles southeast of Sardis. Again, I know you may not be as familiar with a map such as this. But 30 miles southeast of Sardis. It was founded by Italus II for his brother, Eumenes. So, of course, we get the name Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, founded for his brother. They were known for their wine production. But interesting enough, they were also actually called Little Athens. Now, we all know the name Athens, the city of Athens, but it was called Little Athens for its temples and pagan shrines. So, again, I don't know that the city was, of course, altogether wonderfully following after Christ. Uh, there was some things that were going on there. But as we think about the letter here that is written to the church at Philadelphia, this is the other church that receives only praise, the church at Philadelphia. And look, if you have your Bibles, at chapter 3 of Revelation and verse number 9. Jesus says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. There were people who were claiming to be spiritual descendants of Abraham, but they were, in fact, only physical descendants of Abraham. You ever heard of that before? Have you ever witnessed that? People who claim to be of Christ, but they're not actually in Christ? Question, what people are the true Israel today? 
Those with Abraham's blood pumping through their veins or those who are in Christ. The church of Philadelphia was faithful. These folks were faithful and Jesus draws this comparison. They were not of Satan. There are people who are claiming to do one thing, talking one way, but not walking that same way, walking another way. The church at Philadelphia was faithful, even though there may have been some who were not and were of Satan. Philadelphia was a place that deserved commendation. They deserved praise. So, so far, very quickly, we've touched on two congregations and two good facts. But what about the bad? Well, let's talk about a few of those very quickly. Thyatira. Thyatira was 30, or excuse me, 40 miles southeast of Pergamos or Pergamum, depending on the version that you may have in front of you. Thyatira was a city of labor guilds and trade unions. It was known for its production of purple. And we all know and understand how important purple was during that time, the production of it. So then those who were rich and royalty could then wear it. What do we know about Thyatira? Well, Jesus says, I know your works, your love, your service, and your faith. If you've got your Bible, that's beginning in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 18. But the fact with Thyatira is that they have an issue, and we might call it Jezebelism. We'll make up a word there for our purposes, but Jezebelism. Notice in verse number 20 of chapter 2. Jesus says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Was this a woman? Was this a woman in in Thyatira named Jezebel? I mean, it's possible, I guess. But was it a reference to the Jezebel we know? Well, probably You know Jezebel, right? There's a reason we don't name many young uh, girls today Jezebel. Because we know her. Her idolatry. Her fornications. Her fact that she was a murderer. We know Jezebel. Just as Jesus could say, I know your works. We know the works of Jezebel. And the fact that Thyatira was, the fact with them was that they were allowing, they were tolerant of that woman. And Jesus is imploring them to hold fast. Notice in verse number 25, to hold fast, to not be enticed. Don't succumb to this way, to this woman. The Bible that I'm using has a heading called the corrupt church. The problem with Thyatira was they were guilty of Jezebelism. They were allowing this to continue, this sexual immorality and idolatry. When we consider the facts of a congregation, will we say that about Saudi? I hope not, and I don't think so. We must be careful. We must not succumb and not be enticed. Moving on, we see Pergamum or Pergamos, depending on, again, the Bible you're looking at. It was 15 miles inland from the Aegean Sea. It was considered Asia's most illustrious city. They developed parchment. Uh, as we think about time and how we, of course, have gotten to our paper that we use today, they had one of the largest medical centers that was where Galen practiced medicine there. Now we see in Pergamos or Pergamum uh, another reference to an Old Testament doctrine. Uh, if you're looking there, it begins in verse number 12 of chapter 2, the doctrine of Balaam. Now I wish we had time this morning to discuss all of these things in detail. It's found in Numbers chapter 25 and Numbers chapter 31, but we just don't have the time this morning. But the idea going back to Balaam and Balak and the things that were taking place with the children of Israel 
was that some of these people at Pergamos or Pergamum were holding to this doctrine of idolatry and sexual immorality. We look around our world today and we, we weep, we shudder at the sexual immorality that is going on around us, the way that it is promoted in television and in the media, the way that we can't keep it away from our homes and away from our children. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. We understand that. And they were still facing that even in Pergamos or Pergamum, this doctrine of Balaam. And as you look down there through verses 12 through 17, what do you know about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Well, most of us, nothing. And that's okay. It doesn't really matter. The Bible doesn't give us a direct indication what that might have been. But the point is, as it says there in verse number 15 of chapter 2, God hates it. That's all you need to know. I mean, it doesn't matter if it deals with idolatry or fornication or anything in between. God hates it. And it's outside the New Testament, what God has given us. And we cannot compromise and hold to it. And notice, as we sometimes do when we make uh, comparisons to see what was right, go back to chapter 2 and verse number 6. We're not going to talk about the church at Ephesus this morning, but the church at Ephesus did not compromise and hold to it. Notice in verse number 6, But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate, Jesus says. But we roll forward to Pergamos or Pergamum, and they're holding to it. They're not hating it. We cannot compromise. We cannot compromise on the slightest thing when it comes to the doctrine of the New Testament and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we do not compromise, we will be blessed by God because he makes those promises to us. It doesn't mean we're going to reach 500 when we talk about attendance. It doesn't mean we're going to drop down to 50. We're going to do what we do here and the people will come. The people will listen. Some people will reject as they did even when Jesus was talking about sowing the seed. But we cannot compromise. And this church at Pergamos is noticed. It is talked about by our Lord and Savior as being compromising. And then finally, as far as these congregations, we have to talk about Laodicea. 40 mi 45 miles southeast of Philadelphia. It was a clothing and fashion center during this time. It was a very wealthy city. And let's talk very briefly about the one church that everyone knows. If there's one place that people know in the seven churches of Asia, it's usually Laodicea. Because the fact of what we know about the church at Laodicea is that they were lukewarm. They were indifferent. They were listless. Our ladies have begun a study on Wednesday night in their Bible class using a book of another phrase that could be used. They were fence straddling. They were lukewarm. And Jesus even says, I'd rather you be cold. And we would say, wait a minute, Lord, how could you say that? Because he'd rather you be warm or hot or cold, excuse me, hot or cold and not lukewarm. That's what he would rather have. Do not straddle the fence. Do not be indifferent to the cause of Christ. And Laodicea was doing just that. In fact, Jesus goes on further there in chapter 3, so far in rebuke to say, you think you've got it figured out. You think you've got it and you know it all and you don't need any help. But you, you say that you have need of nothing. But you don't even know, he says. You don't even have an idea because you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You think you got it all figured out, but you are actually in great need. The facts of the case are sad. We can't be lukewarm. We just can't when it comes to the good news of Jesus Christ. Faithful, compromising, lukewarm. All of these are facts of some of these different congregations that we've talked about this morning. We've talked about some facts of the Saudi Church of Christ. 
And now we've looked at some biblical churches. Groups of people who were trying to faithfully serve the Lord. Some faithfully and some not so faithfully. I'll invite you, if you would, at this time, you can put your Bibles away. You can, can take out your psalm book if you choose to use one. But as you do that, there is just one more. There is just one more that we need to talk about. It's about 725 miles from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that is. About 15 miles from the transit hub of Chattanooga, Tennessee, known for its beautiful waterways, its lake and its streams. Population of about 14,000 people. What can be said about the church that meets at Saudi? Friends and brethren, we're still blessed currently with time and opportunity to finish writing this story. To each and every single church, Jesus writes to him that overcometh. We must overcome. We must not compromise. We must not be lukewarm. We must be faithful even up to the point of death. Would you join the church that belongs to Christ Jesus this morning? We've got so many great things that are going on at the Saudi church here, and we absolutely want you to be a part of us, of the body that meets here. But above all, and I mean it, above all, you have to be a part of the body. Whether you show up here every Sunday morning or somewhere up the road or in another town where you may live, you have to be a part of the body, the church that belongs to Christ. God has given us a simple plan of salvation, the way by which we become saved. It involves hearing the word, believing that word, repenting of your sins, changing your mind that you will no longer live that way, but serve God, confessing Jesus as Lord, even before an audience like this this morning, and being baptized for the remission of your sins. That's it. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that the elders can do. It's only when you come in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ that you have your sins forgiven and the Lord adds you to his church. We'd love for you to be here with us and enjoy all the wonderful things that are going on. But above all, we want folks who will be Christians, disciples of Christ, a part of the body. Maybe in times past you've done that, but you've wandered away. You've allowed sin to enter your life. Hey, look, it happens to all of us. We mess up. Sin enters our lives, and that sin separates us from God. We stand in need of confession, repentance, and prayer. The wonderful thing about a body, of course, as you're baptized, you're added to the church, but the wonderful thing about a congregation, placing membership, being here, is you have brothers and sisters that love you and care for you and want nothing more than to see all of us together one day in heaven. It takes becoming a Christian, and it takes remaining faithful. And this morning, if you either need to become a Christian or come back to him, we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.